It's episode 72 of Left Side Heavy, the podcast presented by Blue Wire Hustle. It's your boy, Jevin Lefebvre, and I'm back with my guy, Corey, Mr. CKNW Latendre. How's it going, my man? How's it going, brother? Oh, it's going great. It's going great. Everything's great, you know? Great stuff. Positive mindset, you know? Believe to achieve. Believe to achieve. I like that. I'm going to take that with me. I'm going to steal that. Just steal that. Take it. I stole it from something. <laughs> How you been? <laughs> That's man? all life is. I've been, been good. Yeah, what have you been up to? Watching a lot of sports. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of sports lately. It's a good sports time of the year. Very. Very. Right? We're right, right into the thick of it. NHL, NBA, NFL. Getting close. Contenders. Pretenders. Everyone's come to the table. And you got to see who brought what for Christmas dinner exactly it's very exciting yeah and uh seeing the nfl in the hunt graphic for the nfc is just a bunch of tiny logos on the in the hunt graph because yeah. every single team in that conference is like eliminated basically yeah more Except or the, less yeah a couple teams got eliminated this you've past got a week, pretty you got but, a pretty good idea about who is actually in the hunt yeah and who is <laughs> who's just there to play out the rest of the season literally if you have more than like four wins you're in the hunt and that's... <laughs> it's a very exciting time i'm sure it's got to be one of those things where it's like teams are looking they're like look we just got to win one or two games and we're in the show baby and it's like you know you're not gonna win right <laughs> like there is i was looking at it before this i was like how many teams do i think like are legitimate contenders this year yeah like, it's a pretty small list that i think have like a real shot actually winning the Super Bowl this year the rest it's like yikes some could surprise for a game or two but you like it's hard to imagine them like going all the way and winning so exactly. and then there's a whole clump of teams that are like we're in the mix it's like are you though <laughs> like we are we are not eliminated from the playoffs yet <laughs> like I guess so like unless you're the Jets Texans Jags and lions you're the only teams that are like we we're not gonna get in and that's most of the way through the season yeah <laughs> you got four games left and you're like some teams are still like no fuck it we can we can get in there boys we can make some real damage we're the like, philadelphia eagles yeah we're <laughs> <laughs> we gonna win Although I would love, I would love to see Gardner Minshew go on a tear. Oh my gosh, that'd be phenomenal. We'll get to NBA. We'll get to NFL. Bomber later. jacket. Oh. Yeah, that was amazing. That was a great video. Uh, did you, the clip? Did you see the clip of him with his dad after yeah, the game? That's the, uh, yeah, that's the that's video. That's the one I'm talking about. It's good stuff. Real wholesome. Enough to make a grown man cry. Cry every day. Yeah. You gotta let it know. Exactly. Right. Got it. But. uh I'm kind of riding into this episode on a bit of a high note. Finished my, mm-hmm. uh, handed in my last assignment for the semester. Whoa, what was the last assignment? Tell me all about it. We have to do these like vocal warm ups for media performance. Mama, mama, me, me, mama. Close. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. I've done them. I don't do uh, them. Does that make sense? Right. Uh-huh. Within the start of the semester, you know, I, first week new student you're like i'm gonna do everything i'm gonna be so disciplined mm-hmm. do everything 100 for the first week and then it's like ah, i can get away with not doing it for a couple of days and then it turns into 
I'm Who's not going to know if I don't say red leather, <laughs> yellow leather, you know? Exactly. So I haven't really been doing them. And these, I had to do these 500 word journals mm-hmm. for three consecutive weeks to talk about the development of our voice and what we've noticed, what mm-hmm. we've seen changes of, what we've enjoyed doing, what we haven't enjoyed doing. Yeah. And you'd be surprised how hard it is to BS something like that when you haven't done any of the exercises those weeks. <laughs> it's a lot harder than you think. Cause I thought it was like, ah, it's a breeze. 500 words is nothing. Double space. Like I'll just yeah. BS it. Like it'll be easy. I got halfway through and I'm like, kind of saying the same stuff I did last. Just keep oh, saying my diaphragm. <laughs> yeah. So I got that finished and that was the last thing I had to get in because I had this cue card down. I had like all the final assignments I had to do. Yeah. I had all of it ch- checked off except this like presentation that I had to wait and finalize. And then this last two journals and I was like, you know what? This journal's weighing on my shoulders. Let's just crush it out. Did my presentation last week. So I'm chilling. Nice. What was the presentation? What do you got? Uh, it was a CBC proposal. Remember okay. the one I texted you about? Yes. Yeah, I had to present it. And I did like propose a, was it like a segment or like a show idea? It was like a 10 week uh, docu-series. Oh, okay. So like a 10 episode documentary series yeah over cbc radio one okay yeah were you proud of what you put together i like the program i think it was a good idea i think it could Mm -hmm. have legs but i i don't think i did well in the presentation because i had like a huge panic attack and like anxiety rushed through my body Uh and you know when you have a plan of something oh yeah and then as soon as you get up there it's like wait this is in English on my cue cards. So you just don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, man. You're just up there. That's exactly what happened. And it's not like it's I can a man read. in the middle of the yeah, sea. Exactly. Cause I was standing up there like this, looking at the laptop mm-hmm. and like, if you had enough on your slides and you could like talk about your idea thoroughly just by looking at the screen. But yeah. I was like, no one wants a crowded, no one wants to look at a crowded PowerPoint. So I only put like a couple points on my picture of a guy flexing. I don't yeah. remember what that was about. Yeah. So I only put like a couple points and I was like, if I like, I know my presentation pretty well. Like, I think mm-hmm. like I know everything, but man, as soon as I got up there, I forgot everything. And I think I butchered it, but everyone else, like you're your own worst critic. Always. Yeah. So everyone was like, dude, you were fine. Like you stumbled a bit at the start, but once you like, got into it. Yeah. And I still think I never actually got into it, but that's just like me talking from being up there. So it could have been a lot better than I think it is. You could write that in your journal. I already submitted that. (laughs) I don't have to deal with that anymore. Until next semester. Yeah, exactly. But more vocal journals. Man, I just hope I never run into those again. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Big news. What? In the NHL. Did something happen? A, a couple things happened. Oh, you know, some, in which market? Um, some players did some stuff and some guys went elsewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, do you, you know uh, Jim Benning and Travis Green? 
of the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. 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 Um, they got I fired. Didn't understand. They did. Yes. Uh, did your Google Home have hockey, some ideas? The, yeah, I know. Sometimes it just says like, <laughs> I did not understand, and it freaks everybody the fuck out because nobody's talking to you, Google. <laughs> um, I can't wait for them to become sentient. It just, uh, it just legs pop out and just crawl after you yeah it's like how dare you <laughs> why talk back to me yeah, yeah. uh every no, canucks man, fans every canucks fans wishes came true hey these past couple not days every canucks fan there was that weird group that it's like no i think jim's doing a good job you need to give him a little bit more time more time eight more years time. eight years no, is you need an even time. you need an even decade yeah yeah no. so, to be like to be, somewhat to be mediocre competitive uh-huh yeah to be a playoff bubble team you need yeah. 10 full years of uh draft and develop <laughs> and then, not a lot of drafting and then and hardly but, any developing and when you do develop you put them on the waivers for other teams to and pick up see you later yeah, yeah. we need to give alex chieson and lamenko uh a chance on this team yeah but yeah. uh yeah to carry on Vancouver Canucks fired Jim Benning, um, his second-hand man. I forget his name. John Wisebrod. Wisebrod, that's what it is. You know um, why you forgot his name? Because nobody knew what the fudge that man did. Yep, didn't know he was in the organization. And I guess then he's getting paid. Yeah, and then Nolan Bob Barm. Is Nolan this your presentation Bob- again? <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what it is. <laughs> Nolan Baumgartner and Travis Green were relieved of their duties as well. They sure were. The Travis Green one, I liked him, but it was time for a change. Like it had to happen. Like, mm-hmm. it, like I last year, I was like, I like him as a coach. Like, you know, he was doing well with our players, but I just think it was time for a change. Like he wasn't. He lost the room. It was. It happens. It just happened sooner with Green than I'd have hoped. But I wanted Ben and gone like three, four years ago. Oh my god! Like at minimum. They just so, keep letting that guy kick around because he keeps telling the boss, look, I think we're close. Yeah. So <laughs> when another, give him more peace. What so I got the notification from an Elliot Friedman tweet. What was your reaction when you saw any sort of notification in regards to Travis Green getting fired? Because that was the first notification. Yeah, really. that's what came through on the line first, right? I just I don't know. I was looking at my phone, something about something on Twitter was like bing, and I was like, what's this? And I looked and it was like, uh like Travis Green uh, relieved of duties looks like Bruce Boudreaux is going to be the new coach in Vancouver. And originally, like, I'm not mad. I like, I, of the, like the coaching candidates that were out there yeah. that were like floated around. He's the one that I was like, yeah, give me Bruce Boudreaux. Give yeah. me a run and gun. Like the Canucks suck. They're not a playoff team, but with Bruce here, they'll be fun to watch. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to score more goals. He'll get more out of, those top six guys he'll i think you'll see him and tonight so far he's proven it hoglander and pod colson have been playing quite a bit of minutes like, exactly he's just leaning he's like let's see what we have in yeah. these players so i saw that and i was like so i'm jazzed about that and like yeah it sucks for travis green i think travis green is going to land another nhl gig is he going to be a head coach right away maybe maybe not i don't know but he'll he's definitely going to land another gig he's a good coach i think and i don't think too. he was uh, he wasn't the problem here. And he wasn't but, dealt the greatest hand. 
No, of course not. This team yeah. is trash. The Canucks are bad. They're a bad team. They have some good players. Don't get me wrong. But overall roster construction is ass because their defense is trash. Yeah. And if your defense is two players deep, you suck. Yeah. Quinn Hughes is fantastic. OEL's been good so far. I mean, he's it's an anchor of a contract, but he's been no problem on the ice this year. But then it's like, well, who else do you have? Tyler Myers, Travis Hamnick. Tucker Pullman. Uh, Tucker Pullman. Uh, who am I missing? Luke Shen. I mean, he's been fine, but he's I, like a he's a seventh D man. Yeah, it's I, like, this team's trash. I think Shen has been better than Tucker Pullman and yeah. Tucker Pullman. <laughs> but I mean, Pullman's played tougher minutes. I get it. Like, if you put Shen in those minutes, how would Shen look? Probably not great, but. Luke Shen is only making like vet men. He's yeah. like 700 to 900 grand a year, whatever yeah. it is now. So what do you expect from that guy for what he is paid? He is doing great. Yeah. But the rest of the, like, they're just, they're bad. Jason Dickinson's been a ghost. Like you yeah, brought this guy in. He's been invincible. Right. Uh, invisible. I think is what you went to go with there. If he was invincible. What's the, what's the difference? Invincible is Jim Benning. Invincible means that like nothing hurts you, that you just like you are invincible. Jim Benning for eight years was invincible. (laughs) You would think like he got shot in the head and he's like, I'm fine. Yeah. We live, we go, we live day to day in this. Yeah. He's a dead man walking. Yeah. But But it's just so it's Green wasn't getting the production out of those top end guys anymore. So you're like, well, if you can't, like, if you can't get these guys going, we it's not your fault this team's built so poorly but yeah i'm with you you gotta go but what i was pissed about was it's like the bending news hadn't dropped yet and i was like what do you mean we got rid of the coach but the gm's still here and i was like are you fucking i was like i swear to god i was about to lose it is this what you're doing yeah where it's like well this will appease the fans it's the coach it's like no it's not and then you find out oh no they've canned everybody and the owner hired the coach <laughs> like okay and so but it's like a one-year it's a two-year deal for boudreaux but year in the second half. year it's an option so he's got this year and then the second year's an option i don't know if it's a coach or a team option but there's just an option so okay. he'll see them through the rest of this year they'll bring in a new gm either sometime this year or by the end of the season they'll bring in a new gm and or prez and they'll make the decision on Boudreaux, I guess. So it's all okay. fine. Now I'm just worried who's he going to bring in. I know. I know. And when he's saying, like, there's a chance. Did you watch the press conference today? I was working. I could not watch it. But I was on Twitter. And I was, like, reading the blurbs and the quotes as they came out. Because to hear some of the headlines in regards to Linden, like what happened with the Trevor Linden situation where like Aquilini was going behind, like over mm-hmm. Linden's head and basically yeah. like not letting Linden do his job. Linden wanted it to be a rebuild. And, and Jim said, I think we can turn this around quick. And Aquilini said, I think that'll make me more money. So let's go, Jim. And then poo-poo so, crab, uh, so Aquilini said in the press conference, well, if I had a president of hockey operations, I wouldn't have to do this job. This press conference? <laughs> it's like, 
well, if you didn't go over Lyndon's head and do the proper thing, then we wouldn't be in this situation right now. Just imagine where this franchise might be if Aquilini and Benning and said, Trevor, you're right. I think we need to go and we need to change the structure of this organization, make some legitimate changes to the roster construction take a back seat for a couple of years and then move forward as and try and be a, a perennial contender and get back to where we were a decade ago. I mean, it wouldn't be a decade ago when they would have had this conversation, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So many bad contracts would not be here. You would have gotten rid of vets, more draft picks. Judd Brackett would still be here. Yeah. It's just, I what I took from the conference is like Stan Smeal could talk himself into a GM role because he seems very passionate about it and he seems like mm-hmm. a logical person who actually has some sort of idea on how to game plan a strategy. To I run mean, we'll game. see. Like, Aquilini said that Stan will have like if he has a move he wants to make and it makes sense. Aquilini is not afraid yeah. to pull the trigger on it. So yeah, and like Aquilini, like Smeal's he cares about this team. And I Mm -hmm. think he has enough intelligence to make some moves. And so what I took from the press conference is I was very impressed by Smeal's comments about how when the jersey was on the ice and he immediately took action and like spoke up about problems in this team and how he's blunt, honest. He was like, this team has no identity, like all that. And he was saying the correct things. And Aquilini, as much as he held himself accountable for like being too patient and mm-hmm. all that he still like i feel was just trying to cover himself up because he was talking about how we didn't have a president of hockey operations it's like well then why didn't you just hire, hire one? one even <laughs> yeah like you literally have that power of hiring a president of hockey operations no one else yeah. can do it besides you and you're, you're writing the checks but yeah and you're saying if only we had this, it's like, well, why don't you just go find one? And you canned one because he had a difference of opinion and the more logical opinion than yeah. you. Because Aquilini is worried about money. But if he builds this properly, he'll be making money for a long period of time once it's properly done. Mm-hmm. So, it was just, it's impatience and it's yeah. bravado and it's, you know, you want your team to be the best. And he looks yeah. and he's like, well, in 2010, like the Canucks were one of the best, were the best, they were the best team in the league for a couple of years. Right. You go, okay. Yeah. And he's like, why can't we, why are we so far from that? So I understand, like I can get it from one perspective and he cares a lot about public opinion, I think. And as much as he says he doesn't, but it just, yeah, came time and I, I don't know what they're going to do for a GM and a president. I got some ideas for what I would like to see, but who knows if that'll come to fruition. They're uh, interested in Bergeron. That's a terrible choice. I know. <laughs> why would you, okay, here's what, why would you want to, you just fired a guy who's been bad for eight years. Why would you want to bring in a guy who was bad for like the same amount of time? Wasn't Bergeron in Montreal for like seven seasons? Around there, yeah, I think. Right? And the Man, Canadians years, have been... 10 years. I think he's been something, there for like 10 right? years. Yeah. Either a little bit longer than Benning or a little bit less. And the Canadians have sucked that whole time. Yes, they made a run in the bubble. But 
their drafting's not great. Their contracts aren't great. Their roster, their defense is terrible. I mean, yeah, they didn't think Weber was going to be dead, but you know, like you like take them off their their D core, and you're like, well, who are you left with? Yeah, they have no number one, no number two. Like you've got David Savard's okay, and Alexei Romanov, who is okay he's like a very offensive defenseman but like who else is on their team they're like you look at like okay well what about young players if you haven't been very good for this long surely the Montreal Canadiens have like a really stocked cupboard and you go well they had Kokaniemi terrible pick and they let him go and then you're like okay well who else well they have Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki who are great don't get me wrong two awesome young forwards but who else is on that team? Who no else one. is a young? Yeah. You're like, okay, so you've been bad for this long. You have nothing to show for it. Why in the world would you want to bring that guy in? And also there's the whole like stink of the Chicago Blackhawks thing where it's like Bergevin probably definitely knew everyone in that organization knew. Yeah. It's like that's a trash look. And then you're the GM that drafted fucking Logan Mayu. And you're like, what? Why would you want to bring him here? I I don't think he's going to be the guy. I really hope not. Blow my mind if if he's the guy in any capacity. It just doesn't make sense. Zero sense. It doesn't at all. And uh, the funny thing is, is Montreal clearing house was like one of my things just because it's a quick-ish talking point. Mm -hmm. But I think it was the right thing to do just for the trade deadline coming up. You may as well clear clean house now so Mm -hmm. that you can get someone new in who might have a different approach and might want to attack the trade deadline different than what Bergevin would have done and Mm -hmm. leave it. Oh, they made the right choice there too. Like, yeah. And and leave it in the hands of someone who's going to be with the team with those moves that he makes. Cause if Bergevin made moves, when you know that he's going to be gone, then why would you wait? Exactly. That's why the Canucks needed to get rid of Benning also. You're like, what are you going to let this lame duck make moves for the future of your franchise? Exactly. So I I respect Montreal for clean house. I think it was the right thing to do. And I'm just so happy that Benning is gone. For sure. I am. Yeah. I'm jazzed. It's like someone's opened up the door a little bit like a crack like there's some light coming into the room but you're not going to know until you see like who's on the other side of the door like (laughs) we brought in mark bergevin and jim rutherford to be the gm and president of hockey operations like great great but uh Bruce Boudreaux, first game back. We're recording this Monday night, and they win 4 nothing over four the nothing. LA Kings. 4 nothing. show. Besser ends the Are the Canucks the best team in the league? The best team. Stanley Cup, here we here come. We come. <laughs> but Besser finally scores, ends his 14-game drought. Uh, yeah. Patterson missed the net on a penalty shot. Still gets a point, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, JT Miller has still been our best player all year. Mm-hmm. And Demko gets a shutout. So... Couldn't have asked for a better first the game. The Canucks have some really good forwards. They have an awesome defenseman and a really great goalie. So the pieces are there. They're going to win some games. This this team has too much talent up front and yeah. too good of a goalie 
to not have games like this. And this is the games they were kind of missing. I know LA isn't like a world beater. They're a very middle of the road-ish team, it seems like this year. So it's not like they just dusted off the caps for nothing. But hey, score some goals, get some goaltending. The Canucks can be in some games, which is a dislike. It's a disappointment because I want them to keep losing so we can get a better draft draft pick, right? Uh, But the Canucks are going to finish as a bottom 10 team this year. So take these wins when you can get them, I think. Yeah, whatever happens with the season happens. Like if for some reason we get hot and my thing is either get into the playoffs or suck. Don't be like a Minnesota Wild because they're like even get into the playoffs. What a like this like this team going up against anyone in the like because this the Canucks team if they get into the playoffs they're a wild card team. Like we both agree they're not going to be top three in the uh, in the division. They're not good enough. So it's like if they're a wild card team, they'll play either the Flames look like they're the best team in the West. And like, well, it's probably the the Golden Knights if Jack Eichel comes back and is healthy. Um, but one of those two teams the Canucks won't beat, they're not gonna beat the Wild or the Avalanche, you know, in a in a series. So it's like why I don't want them to make the playoffs. Does the Canucks make the playoffs this year? Aquilini's gonna go. Oh, we just needed some fresh faces. Yeah. We just needed a new we just needed a new coach. We're closer than we think. And that's just the worst. You need this team to be a bottom 10 team. You need them to miss the playoffs again to like really cement it. I still don't firmly believe that Aquilini looks at this team and goes, yeah, we need to tear it down because there's too many bright spots for like a full tear down. And they don't need a full tear down because it's you're not going to trade Pedersen. You're not going to trade Hughes. Would you're not you... going to trade Demko kind of relate us to Ottawa? No, because Ottawa has purposely been bad for the last couple of years. No, I, I'm in terms of the young core in place, and it's just the pieces around them. Because I think Ottawa's done the rebuild. They just need to build it up. Like, they're – I don't think they – they're just bad right now. So like Ottawa doesn't have picks. a goalie yet, which is – yeah. Tough thing to come by. But like, like when, Anton Forsberg and Philip Gustafson. Yeah. But like what Pierre Dorian said, like our rebuild is over. It's just a matter of putting the pieces in place. Like I agree with that because I think like Brady Kachuk, Josh Norris, Stutzel, Brandstrom, like obviously they're still gonna get top 10 picks here, but they they're moving this way instead of intentionally tearing it down. I think the yeah. Canucks, if they just kind of like trade Miller for picks and then like just like offload some contracts for some reason like i don't agree with that ekman larson trade anymore but like i think their bright spots are in place enough for us to just like replace some pieces and the reason why and then maybe get some extra picks in the first few rounds the reason why i think that that's like this i agree the senators are like coming out of that rebuild they look at their team outside of a goalie that they still very much need and they still need another, I mean, depends how Lassie Thompson kind of pans out, but like Thomas Shabbat and Eric Branstrom both look like Shabbat looks great. Branstrom looks all right. They've got like, okay, they still need some pieces, but up front, yeah, Brady Kachuk looks awesome. 
right? Uh, Stutzel looks great. Formenton looks pretty good. Uh, Colin White and Shane Pinto are both good. Josh Norris, you're like, awesome. Um, and then some other picks that they still kind of have floating through here. But, and yeah, this year they suck again, obviously. So they're going to have another top pick. But if you look at their, where I think they're ahead of the Canucks in terms of kind of like a rebuild is if you look at their cap situation, they have Brady Kachuk, who they just signed to a long-term deal, right? 8 million. Thomas Shabbat, 8 million. No one else on that team makes more than, uh, is no one's over 5 million. Yeah. Ray Batherson, who's only 23, is at 4.975. Connor Brown is 3.6. Everyone else is a UFA or an RFA. And then on defense, they've got Zaitsev at four and a half for two more years, like Zub and Del Salvo I, at like two million. So it's like they don't have any anchors holding them back. That's the difference. The Canucks have a bunch of bad players on, like when you say like, well, if the Canucks can just move some of these like pieces, it's like, well, who's going to take, no one's giving the Canucks picks yeah. for Tanner Pearson and his three and a half or $3.25 million. No one's given the Canucks picks for Jason Dickinson and his 2.6. No one's given them picks for Tyler Myers and his $6 million or Travis Hamannick at three or Ekman Larson at 7.2. These are all guys. It's like, if you want to get rid of them, you're going to have to pay or take back contracts. And this is where they're hoop. And that's where it's like, I hear rumors of like, maybe they bring in Lawrence Gilman as part of the team. If he wants to come back, it's like, please, Give me someone who's like a maestro at handling the cap. That's what this team needs. It's like someone who can like try and figure out a way to walk back some of these awful contracts. And it sucks because they have good contracts laced in there. Connor Garland at 4.9. It's a great contract. Putting up great points. JP Miller at 5.25 the next year and a half here. Awesome. Bill Horvat at 5.5. Great. It's like they have all these contracts that are good, but they're just like layered over awful they're paying over 16 million dollars for ekman larson tyler myers and travis hamannick no i agree with you that ottawa's in front like i didn't say that they were behind the canucks that, like but all i mean I, is it's like the canucks won't the canucks are going to lose those like good players or contracts or like deals they have right now and then they're still going to be bad, but they will still be stuck with these boat contracts. Yeah. No, I agree that's with you 100%. Like, ah, they have some pieces, but because of like such poor cap management and just, just blatant mismanagement for the last three to four seasons, they're stuck. I don't know what, like, good luck to the next GM of this team. Because I don't know what, like, what are they supposed to do to like tear it down? I understand like, I want to trade JT Miller too. Not because I don't want him on the team. He's awesome. He's our most valuable piece that can be. He's not going to resign here, I don't think. So you get tons for him. And then Bo Horvat came out today. and was like, I don't want to be a part of a rebuild. So is Bo Horvat going to resign here next year, in two years, in a year and a half? If the Canucks are bad this year and they're a bottom five to 10 team, which it very well looks like they will be, then they, you go into next year with what roster turnover? You have to find a way to pay Brock Besser more than he's making now. Tyler Mott's off the books, but he's cheap and good for what he brings. The rest are just guys who make less than a million. So you've got no, no cap relief coming your way. 
and you have to give a guy a pay raise. The cap's not going up next year because we're still in that flat cap from COVID stuff. And even if it does go up, it's going to go up so little. So what are the Canucks? They can't bring anybody in. So if you trade JT Miller, you free up $5 million. Sure, you can give some of that to Brock if he wants to sign here. But now you're down a top six player. So you're like, well, they have nobody in the minors to bring up that can be a top six player. So you're like, all right, what? Are they, they'll just be bad again next year. There's like, I don't see a way where the Canucks aren't bad again next year. Yeah, a, another dumb thing that Aquilini said, like he was reasoning behind himself. He was like, no, like we're like we want to win, we want to be competitive. Like we spend to the cap. It's like, like that's not something to be bragging about right now because for a team who's spending to the cap, we're You're doing. Terrible significantly worse than teams who aren't spending to the cap and are contenders. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like you look but, at Ottawa, right? Like they're the, they're the team you look, where everyone looks at and they're the ones that are yeah. in a rebuild. You know how much cap space Ottawa has right now? Probably like $22 million. 15, $15 million yeah. in cap space. You're like, that's three. Even, even teams like Boston, uh, Boston, but like Colorado and stuff, like they can, afford to like spend more money to their big players and they're one of the best teams in the league like the fact that we're spending the same amount as these stanley cup contending teams but we're last in the worst division in the league is laugh out loud funny totally yeah you like you talk about colorado and you're like yeah like well, how can a team have so many good players like Kale McCarr, Eric Johnson, Sam Girard, Devin Taves, Bowen Byram? Or your, it's like your top five defensemen. You're like, I would kill for all of those guys. Those are all first-line defensemen on the Canucks. Yeah, any one of them. Kale McCarr would be our best defenseman because he's He's fantastic. top three in the league. Yeah, uh, but then I would rather have Hughes over the rest. But after Hughes, it's like, yeah, I would rather have Eric probably eric johnson than oel they're pretty on par maybe oel's better but i don't know gerard or taves or bowen byram because he's only 20 i'm just even talking about like pairing with hughes like those guys oh, over yeah. anyone else that we have is what are you talking about? we have luke shen i mean i like him for what he's paying me too okay. but you know but, it's just it's bad yeah. news bad news all it's, around i'm excited to see what what transpires here me too if they can move out uh you know, bring in some futures for what I can assume they have to trade Miller or if they trade Besser again for futures, right? Like you got to, two out of those top kind of guys are going. Pedersen's not going anywhere. So at least one up or two of Miller, Horvat, Besser, and Garland, I think will be moved. I Because think you'd, we, you need to find a way. I think we need to trade Besser. I, I don't like, yeah, like, don't get me wrong. I don't want to trade any of those guys. Those are our best players. They're the most yeah. exciting ones, but you're not trading Pod Colson. You're not trading Pedersen. You're not trading uh, Hoaglander. You're like all too young. Why would a team that sucks give up their young players? Uh, so, yeah, it's you trade Besser. Does he find, is there a fit in, you know, it's been rumored to Minnesota forever to, because that's where he's from, right? Bring him home. So if you could get, would you do a Besser for Fiala? No, that's dumb. What's the point? 
with like Fiala is I think worse than Brock Besser. I would rather have Brock Besser. And I think they're roughly the same age. I think Fiala makes rough. I think Fiala's a little cheaper, but I think his deal might be coming up also. It's like, that's just a change to make a change, which is essentially what the Canucks have been doing forever. Like, where is he? Where's Kevin Fiala? Yeah, he's an RFA after this year. He makes 5.1. He's 25. Yeah, him like, it's just, he's a, and he's an even like lighter player. Like he's a perimeter guy. We have, I think like, he's more dynamic than Besser. Maybe, but I think Besser's a better goal scorer, which is the Canucks sorely need. I know he hasn't been it this year, but it's just such a just for, like if the Canucks are if the Canucks need to make some moves to like rebuild, even if it's with a lowercase R, and that is not a move of a team that's rebuilding. You need to bring in a guy who's 23 or under. You need to bring in prospects or picks trading Besser for like, because Besser's not the problem on the Canucks. Right. So swapping out one of our top six uh, forwards for another top six forward doesn't fix anything. They're just treading water and being bad. And then instead of Brock Besser, you just have Kevin Fiala, who is maybe he's a minor upgrade, but for cap that the Canucks don't have to spend, I guess. I, if it's like if you're trading Besser to Minnesota, I would rather have Jordan Greenway's at least like a big body. He can like he's something the Canucks don't have really, especially if you move JT Miller, who's like kind of that rugged guy. But it's like I want Halen Addison if we there's, go after I anybody. I don't really think there's a chance we get him. But hey, if Minnesota looks like they're trying to win now, maybe they do. And even if it's not him, like. Uh, you're not trading Brock Besser to one of these teams if you're not getting one of their best prospects back. You know what I mean? Like he, Brock Besser's still a uh, young in his prime player who is capable of putting up 30 plus goals a year. And I don't think the shines totally rubbed off. I think teams would look at the connect and be like, yeah, your team's stuck. Like everyone here is bad. So I wouldn't, if a GM is trying to like get you to sell low on him, I would tell you to go fist yourself. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. He's like, what's the point? Like, I'm not trading any of these guys for like, for cents on the dollar. You know what I mean? So if you're not getting Rossi or Addison or Boldy back in a deal for Brock Besser, then why trade him at all? Well, but what if his asking price is just way too outlandish? Like, what if, Fiala's asking price is lower than Besser's. But like, because uh, what realm do you think that Besser's asking price is going to be like astronomical? He knows he hasn't had like a great last two years. So, so when then Fiala's had a decent couple of years, you have to imagine that their their price points are going to be relatively similar. Like Kevin Fiala had 40 points in 50 games last year. He had 54 points in 64 games the year before that. So you're like, he's going to ask for as much or more or rate. Like they'll be about the same. I'm thinking that Fiala is more of a realistic trade than any prospects. I just don't think they're willing to give him up. Then I wouldn't trade him. I would find a different team that is looking for a top six right wing goal scorer who is 25 years old. Something like 26. that. How old is Brock Besser? 
Let me take a look here. Who is, oh, he's 24. He's 24 years old. Yeah. So a 24-year-old top six winger who last year had 49 points in 56 games. He had 23 goals in those games. He had 45 points the year before that. Like, he's a guy that has put up a pace of over 30 goals a season, like every year, essentially. This year has not been a great year for him to start, but no one on this team has been playing well. I just, I will be so upset if the Canucks move Miller or Besser for guys who is like replacement for them in the lineup that are like of equal cap. Because yeah, what do you do? Those rumors of Miller for Fiala in a second, yeah, I wasn't. Why? Yeah, I wasn't a huge. I was like, I'd rather more picks and like, if I, if we got like multiple picks within the first three rounds and a lower A, high B prospect, I'd be happy. If you're moving Miller or Besser, it has to be the picks you're talking about are first and then seconds. No, like third round pick can be a sweetener in that deal. Like they I'm not are... saying like a third and like second yeah. and third. Like I'm saying a first, two thirds and like 2024 third or something. Like if like, it's the, if it's because Besser's an RFA and Miller has a full season left on his contract after this one, that's why you have to, we don't have to rush the GM it. is, you have to play hardball and be like, we're not trading these guys for nothing. So yeah, if it's, if it was the trade deadline next year, right, we still had Miller at the deadline and you wanted to make a trade for a guy like Fiala who was going to be an RFA and a second round pick. Fine. You're getting a guy who's team controlled and a second round pick for a guy who's going to walk. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. I'm your guy. Give me that deal. Yum, 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 yum. I'll eat it up. But to do it now, is just, yeah, you got to be, the Canucks are in such a poor spot that you have to ask for the moon and have a, have a GM and president who can like, deftly navigate those trade channels. It's why I want them to bring in a GM who has like a forward thinking kind of fresh perspective, not just a rehash of everyone who's been a GM before, but then for the president, have a guy who is kind of one of the old boys club a little bit because they can still like get those, like people will take him more seriously where like the GMs, it's his plan but the president can kind of be like, here's the other side. I've been in hockey for 52 years. Yeah. I played when they didn't have helmets. I'm like, fucking great. Give me a race hero. George McPhee, come on in. Like, give me someone who can be creative because we just had eight years of the least creative person I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, it's bad. He talks slow. Like, you know, he's like, no offense to Jim Benning. He seems like a nice man. But, you know, we like what we see out of Dickinson. We, uh, you know, we think he's a real good guy. Like, what is that? Yeah. That's the guy who you let run a a multi-million, hundreds of millions of dollars franchise for eight years? Like, so, no, the new guy, you can't. If you trade Miller, you trade Besser, you have to get top-shelf prospects and, and picks. And then you can take a guy back in a deal who like to make the cap work. Yeah. That's it. JP Miller to New York Rangers for Kravtsov, for Lundqvist, for Tandre Miller, 
like those are the players you have to get back in that deal. Not like, oh, well, we can give you uh, Phil Chittle. You're like, I don't want him for this. Like, yeah, it has to be those guys because otherwise you're just you're treading water and you're treading water in a fucking puddle. Yeah, it's uh. Do you think we sign Besser to another bridge or do we sign him long term one year deal? What's like an what's a good contract for Besser that you would be happy with and what would be something because his contract is coming up this year right yep. is this year mm-hmm. so what is something that what's an average annual value on say a three-year deal that you'd be happy with well I think if it's a three-year deal I think I think this is his last year to be eligible as an RFA I think you get seven total years including your ELC so four years after your first contract expires so yeah he has one year yeah. of you uh, RFA, of RFA left. Left, right so if we signed him to a one-year deal he'd still be an RFA I think right but like he's not going to sign a one-year deal and the Canucks aren't going to sign I think uh we'll do a four-year because I think a four-year deal is more realistic than a three-year yeah if you're signing three years of it's his tough because he's hasn't been great this year right and he he knows that but his agent would obviously argue otherwise his qualifying offer is like seven and a half million right so doesn't he have so he has to pay be paid at least that right well no he doesn't have to be paid at least that if the canucks were to send him a qualifying offer which would just be a one-year deal um it, it would have to be that seven and a half or whatever the number is it's right around there i think you can negotiate a deal with him for less than that right yeah so if you go to besser like I think a lot of it's going to be what's the vision of the team, right? He's not going to sign a long-term deal with the Canucks until we have all the front office stuff sorted out. If I wouldn't, if I was any player on the Canucks, I'd be like, mm, what's happening first. But as it sits right now for Besser on like, if you were trying to do a four-year deal that takes until he's like 28. So he's still in his prime. He can still find a long-term deal after that. Six and a half probably because he makes like 5.8 right now. So four years at six and a half for the season he's put up so far, I think is fair. If he turns it around though, and for the last two thirds ish of a season and he lights it up and he ends up with like 25 goals and you're like, well, what do we, is this the Brock you get? I don't know. He's a tricky contract and I don't think there's an easy answer because I don't know if the Canucks are going to want to do, I don't know if the Canucks can do long-term because if you do a long-term deal, the average goes up. And they don't have any cap room. So you I don't know. They're between a rock and a hard place. I think between five and a half and six is you think he takes less money than he makes right now? No, but that's what I would pay him. You like you're you're the new GM of the Canucks. You're coming to Brock Besser and you're like, hey, hey nerd, I'm paying you less money than you make right now. Take it or leave it. Well, I maybe like be maybe around six, mm-hmm. but like he's had injury history and he just hasn't been producing. And he's one of the slowest players that I've ever seen. And I think he, it takes a, a lot of his success is dependent on a lot of the players around him. I know his finishing has been well, but it frustrates myself. I, I get so frustrated watching him because a lot of his shots get blocked unfortunately 
and I'm not blaming this on him. Unfortunately, he's dealt with injuries, and one of them is his wrist, and that goes a lot into what he's get paid, getting paid for is his wrist and shooting. And he just can't create enough space, in my opinion, to not necessarily carry a line, but not to be carried by others. No, I agree. I don't think he's a guy that can. So, he's not a guy that carries. Like, he's not I'm a driver. I'm not. All. I'm not saying that he carries the line, but I think he's very reliant on other people to set him up for. Like, if say like Patterson is down, then I think Besser's stock goes down. Or like if JT Miller went out, then I think Besser's stock goes down. Whereas like a lot of some players don't go down as much. So. I don't think maybe pay him around six. I wouldn't go higher than six and a half, though. Yeah, I, I think, like, yeah, higher. but like six and a half, I think, as you look at it right now, I think is a fair number because he'll argue that's like, well, look at what my previous seasons have been outside of this year. You're like, yeah, they've been worth a guy that's going to, if you like extrapolate his points, like his points per game. Like last year, the Canucks weren't good, right? Like they weren't good again but he had 49 points in 56 games. So he had an 8.875 goals per game. You stretch that over an 82 game season. Besser was on point. Like Besser was uh, scoring at a 71, almost 72 point pace, which is real good. So like, because these like shortened seasons, I think have skewed everybody. And this year, and it's funny because, like, we talked this year, like, he's been so bad. He's still scoring at, like, half a point a game. Like, he's not, like, he hasn't been, like, useless. I know we put him in a lot of ozone starts, and he gets a lot of that, like, offensive start time and favorable things. He doesn't play penalty kill. But, yeah, I think he, he'll he turn it around. He'll be a guy that if the Canucks are only going to move. Let's see how yeah. he runs with Boudreaux. He's got a goal already. Because Green was just lost to everyone. So yeah. Green's all like, well, you gotta play better defense. You're like, with who? Our defensemen are trash. Let yeah. us try and score. Yeah. Maybe change up the power play once in a while, bud. I mean, he does, but he just puts the wrong pieces on the power play. Yeah. And then it doesn't work for one power play. And he's like, ah, change it. And you're like, I'm going back to Jason. And you're like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why is this guy he's, on our power play still? He's the answer. We'll see. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what Bruce can do offensively with this team. I think yeah. that they will score more and you will see better outputs from the top six, which will ultimately be good because the Canucks have to move. They're the only valuable pieces the Canucks have are Besser, Horvat, and Miller and Garland that are movable pieces. And I only say Horvat. I know he's the captain, but he doesn't want to be a part of rebuild and the Canucks probably need one. Yeah. Uh, Quick note, Philly fires Vigneault. See you later, Alain. Did your best. I think I, I think it was the right decision. Philly's been underperforming ever since he got there. So yeah, it's unfortunate, it's one but of those things where it's just you, ha- they're a team that happen. expects to be better. Yeah, and then they're not. So the easiest thing to do is fire the coach. Fire the coach and bring in a new guy. If the new guy sucks, then the owner fires the GM. That's how it should work. Exactly. Um, another quick note, Ovi, this guy is an agent. Uh, my dad shared me this unbelievable stat. And I don't know if you've heard, uh, Mm -hmm. seen this. 
Top goal scorer since 05-06 with hit totals as well. Mm-hmm. In fifth, you got Malkin, 424 goals, 576 hits. In fourth, you got Eric Stahl at 430 goals, 897 hits. Yeah. Stamkos, you got 450 goals, 929 assists. Unfortunately, he had that leg injury in 2014 mm-hmm. where it was like snapped later, it. But around that, yeah, he messed it, was, it up real bad. It was right before the Olympics. Yeah. The second go around. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Crosby, 488 goals, 897 hits. Alexander Ovechkin, 749 goals, 3,160 hits. Yeah. <laughs> he is, he's the man. He's going to play till he's 55. He is like the new Yager, <laughs> right? It's, it's like that guy who's like, he doesn't rely on his speed. And because, like, the physical tool of like his strength and his like shot power are things that are going to go last, I think, right? Like, he, all guys lose speed first. Yeah. Right. So he's never been a, a guy that was like super reliant on turning on the burners and just, he's not Connor McDavid. Where like if you took away Connor McDavid's speed, how much of a player does he become? Like how much of himself can he still be? Ovechkin's just like this Russian horse. Yeah. That just plows a field. He's a mule. He's a because the horse is too fast. Has he's it. a mule that just keeps going. And he just like the dudes at 750 goals, right? So this year he is playing at a 65 goal pace. He has 20 goals in 25 games, which is just nuts. Like, he's 16 back of Yager for third all time. So he's going to, he'll, like, unless he blows his ACL, he's going to pass Yager this year for third all time. Uh, the next guy to catch is Gordy Howe. He's got 801. So Ovi's currently 51 goals behind him. You know he's going to catch him because he's going to score at least 20 more goals this year. And then it's like, well, is he only got to get 30? So it's like, he'll catch him. And then it's just the only question really that's left for OV is, can he catch Gretzky's 894? Right? So he's 145 goals away from beating that record. So if he can play it's like for another, 40 goal seasons. Essentially. But like, he hasn't slowed down yet. Yeah. It's like when you watch when you watch like LeBron up until like this year. It's like, well, people keep people have said for like the last eight years, like, well, he's gonna slow down. Well, he's gonna he can't keep this, he won't do and then like he just keeps going. And it's just like, how does he keep this pace? Because but the thing is, is people are like, Oh, you can't keep this up. It's like, yeah, he's at his top level. He can be a maybe a bench player. Like I'm talking about LeBron here. Like he's like still amongst the like you still throw him like okay lebron maybe top 10 like that kind of thing if you're still throwing him up there then he still has years upon years left because he doesn't have to perform at that level yeah and his his body has started to break down in ways that Ovi's hasn't yet yeah so when i say Ovi only needs four 40 goal seasons i'm not saying he's only playing for four more years because he's Playing. I think he wants to play until he can beat. I think that's his like because he wants his cup motivation. Now. Yeah, he, he has obviously that wants to win way. another cup, but like you once you get one, I think you're like, okay, I got it. Yeah. Now I think it's it's Gretzky's record of 894. Because he's I would 
love to watch him break that record. It would be amazing. It'd be much. Do you remember when he was like young? When he was like young, Ovi, and everyone was shitting on him for doing the hot stick thing. Yeah. (laughs) And you look at him now, and he's just the grizzled vet that everyone. Have you you seen him on the power plays? He just stands there at the top of the circle. Puck comes to me, just rips a one-timer home. Like and it he, goes in. <laughs> yeah, it goes in. He's, he just stands there. Like, he just, like, moves on, like... He He's looks like... Fucking, his energy. Yeah, he looks like a Santa decoration at, like, a Christmas <laughs> shop. Spinning. It's just spinning. <laughs> and he's just following the puck. Oh, Backstrom has it down below the goal line? Let me skate down back door and just one-time a puck Let in. me set like, up. Yeah, it's unbelievable how he's just kept up this pace i just had to throw that stat in there because it was unbelievable i you know i'm i'm all for it he is he's the man i can't yeah. wait he's gonna like he'll break yeah he'll break yoggers this year he'll break house next year he won't i don't think he's gonna get another 51 goals this year that seems like too many to get for the rest of the season but I mean, uh, can you count him out though <laughs> he's the nope. one guy i wouldn't yeah. right so it's like so next year he probably catches how and then it's just like by the end of next year, he probably has. So let let's say he scores. What is he? Thirty six. He's, right? he's, he's on pace. He's something like that. Yeah, he's like thirty six or thirty seven, and he's on pace for like fifty goals this year, which is nuts. So let's just say he scores another twenty five goals this year. Or the no. year let's say, he's gonna be, he's gonna score like a fifty. He'll probably score at least fifty this year. It seems yeah. like. So let's, let's say, say fifty two. Yeah, let's say he scores fifty. Say he scores 30, fifty. Yeah, thirty more goals this year puts him at. 780 like okay and then next year let's just say he has a 40 goal season which is totally fair so if he's at 780 with a 40 goal you're like he's at 820 after next year give or take well he that means he's only 74 goals off Gretzky which means really like he just has to play between three and six more years and he'll catch him and you know he will he's just gonna keep doing it even if he only scores like 10 goals in like the last couple seasons he'll just because washington will keep letting him come back exactly that's what i'm saying is that he doesn't have to score 30 goals every single year he'll just be like i'll just oh i'm like 25 away just throw me on the second line i don't have to play first line minutes just, just put me on the throw, first me on, power play. yeah put me on pp1 and put me on the second line i'll score i'll chip away at it i'll get 15 this year for some yeah. reason, if he's like with a cane, and then mm-hmm. give him a chase on roll. I just hope that like like, like he's third line but just plays PP one net front. Yeah, then he just scores ten Six minutes at five on five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> every single power play, he's just teeing it up. Full two minutes out there. Easily breaks Gretzky's record. I undisputed I that like undisputed. the Capitals are in Vancouver for the game where he breaks it. I mean. I, I hope that they're in Washington for the game that he breaks it. And I hope he does it against the Penguins because that's the only fitting thing. But if he, like, yeah, man, if they're or the, in Vancouver. Or like, the Oilers, like Gretzky's, like, team. Oh, that would be for. good, too. Yeah. So either in Pittsburgh, in Washington, in Edmonton, or in Vancouver. Yeah. One of those places. That's where it would be breaks the record. That'd be so electric. Decent odds. Decent odds. Yeah. Speaking of Edmonton and McDavid. Yeah, huh? Uh, no discipline. Pretty good. For uh, you see that hit on Kempe, a few nights ago. No. No. I missed it. Okay, well then this point is completely uh irrelevant. Moot. To towards you, he uh, I don't know if you want to look it up on your phone right now, but he 
Adrian Kempe. Did David hit this guy? Yeah, Adrian Kempe was basically nose up against glass, kind of just like kind of battling for a puck. And McDavid mm-hmm. hits him from behind. Right in the numbers? Yep, right in the numbers. Face goes slamming into the glass. Kempe is bleeding. No severe injury because he was close enough to the boards and not in area where he dove headfirst into the boards. So he was standing up straight. Here, I got here, I think. Okay. That wasn't too bad. Because he... Uh, I need to watch it again here. Hold on. He was, kind of just throws the shoulder in on like a on a flyby a little bit there. Yeah. It was uh so there's no discipline handed out to him. I want to hear your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Hit like that, star player, no history of like being a grubby, dirty guy like that. Did he did he get a penalty in the game? He got a five in a game. He got five and a game for that hit. If they were going to give him a suspension, what are they going to give him? A game? Yeah. So he got five in a game. I don't know how I don't have, early... like, a, I don't have like a crazy problem because he didn't like – he's kind of against the boards like this, and he kind of comes in from the side and just throws that shoulder into him. If he came like across the ice and planted him into the boards, I would be all over. I'd be like, yeah, but he came in at like an angle and like threw his shoulder at him. I, I would see like, yeah – if I'm a fan of the other team there, I'd be like, why is he not suspended? If someone hit Pedersen like that. But, like, also, Kempe is also not a star player either. So, takes it down there. At most, worth a game. So, if you didn't get a suspension, I'm, I'm whatever. Also, I don't know how long into the game it happened. So, maybe that was his game that he got. Hey, yeah, right. If that was in the first period, five in a game is legitimate. If it was 20 seconds left in the third, then, eh. <laughs> Did you uh, did you catch the Winnipeg Toronto? I saw the uh, the knee from Poink Pionk. Pionk, he got suspended two games for that. Yeah, and then I saw Jason's about to kick him in the head. That was way worse than Pionk's. Oh, way worse. And it was retaliatory, which like Spezza should get. My thought: double digits up there. With Maybe the like way NHL seven? doles out suspensions, somewhere between five and seven is my guess. Because that was a, like... Oh, he was just like, fuck you. And he's goofed him in the head. Yeah. You're like, yeah, no, that's it was a super dirty play. If it was a guy that was like a repeat offender, I'd be like, this guy needs to have like a 20-game suspension. Jason Spetz is probably going to get somewhere... Some, he'll get somewhere between five and ten games, I bet. He has a hearing before this episode comes out so the mm-hmm. it'll probably be out either wednesday or tuesday okay what's your he guess is a hearing on tuesday i'm gonna say uh because in person means five or I'm, more right i'm gonna say eight games for spezza i'm going i was gonna say eight but i don't want to say that <laughs> i'm gonna say he gets uh seven. seven i was gonna go up to 10 but i don't think they're gonna give him 10 and nine seems like a weird number so seven yeah. yeah i was gonna say six but i'm like they wouldn't just pinch it right above five yeah and eight seems like very you kind of hit it yeah exactly i feel you but we've been going for a bit but i want to talk some nfl with you okay season season's coming up and Pigskin. uh 
we'll uh, start with this. Detroit Lions. They got a win. They did it. I am so happy to watch. Like, I'm. they're obviously in, in the Packers division, so I don't love the Lions. But they've been so bad forever that I don't mind yeah. when they win. Especially like, yeah, when it's their first win in a calendar year. And... Right. Yeah, when they beat the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, like you don't have to worry about the Lions this year. Like you're fine. No, you don't have to worry about the Lions any year. Yeah. I've never had to worry about the Lions in my life. I have to exactly. worry about real life Lions more <laughs> than the Detroit Lions, and I don't have to worry about real life Lions. Yeah, but the Detroit Lions story of the week, Two story of anything, they got the one, and they won in the best way possible. A walk off oh. win against Mike Beauty. Zimmer. Oh man, feels so good. This the best moment of this week in the NFL. I think it's the most heartwarming story because who doesn't easily who doesn't feel bad for the Lions? It's been a whole calendar year since that team won a game. Sixty four days. Wasn't it like nineteen straight like home games that they lost or something? Probably some dumb thing like that where they just yeah. It was so, a you know, super good for long Detroit. time. You're a city that's gone through a lot of hard times. So yeah. It's nice to see you get it. That was unbelievable. Uh, Gardner Minshew and the Eagles. See that video? See that video with so him good. and his dad in the back? And his pop. It's his first win since week one of last year. <laughs> like, this guy's just been going through it. And yeah. he comes in, plays plays good. Plays yeah, well. he played, He was like 20 for 25, just under 300 yards, two touchdowns. Or something like that. Yeah, two TDs. Solid, no interceptions. Gardner that's Minshew, a, baby. Yeah, that's like a game where it's like, all right, you managed the game well, you didn't make any mistakes, and you took chances and they paid off. Yeah, I like Gardner Minshew. I love. I don't Gardner know what Minshew. the Eagles are gonna do. Like, if Hurts is healthy enough to play next week, are they gonna just stick with Gardner? Are they gonna go back to Hurts? Hurts brings like an element that Minshew doesn't bring, obviously, with like the rushing ability and all of that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. What are your thoughts on Hurts? Where do you I think him? he's like like where where would a, you like rank obviously him? this is like his second year ever playing in the NFL, right? So yeah, he still has room to like grow and develop. He has poor decision making sometimes, but he is such a threat with like to run the ball. He I don't know if he's a guy I want to like I would hitch my wagon to. If I'm an if I'm a GM of an NFL team, there is is he the guy that like you're gonna give top top quarterback money to? Like when these contracts come up for starting QBs, they all want starting money. So is he a guy that you think like is worth paying all that money? Is he gonna get you those wins in crunch time? I don't know. Second year, so still has a lot of room to grow, but. Depends. If I'm Eagles, I'm looking because I think they have two. They'll have like two top ten picks this year or something. They they have someone's. Pick. They they have three picks this in the first round. Yeah. Because they got because Carson Wentz's seventy percent snap share hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they got the Colts or the something like that. You know what I'm saying? They got the Colts first round pick this year, mm-hmm. I believe. And well, theirs and someone else. The, from I think it's from pick three to nine, it's the Eagles, Giants, and Jets. Someone else, Jets. Yeah, it's yeah. like three, yeah, four, five, like six, seven, eight. Yeah, it's like yeah, back to back, back to back, back to back, and Houston have the top three. Yeah, yeah. So it's like I don't know if 
if there's a quarterback you really like and you're the Eagles, you can take him in the first and stick with Hertz. And Hertz can be your guy for all of next year, probably too. And you let your other QB, as the NFL has shown, let these guys simmer a little bit. Like, yeah. For the most part, rookies aren't good. Um, or is Russell Wilson available out of Seattle? Aaron Rodgers probably available out of Green Bay. So it's like if one of those if a, one of those guys becomes available, if Deshaun Watson is allowed to play in the NFL again, <laughs> then it's like yeah. So because the Eagles have all that draft capital, it's like they're a team that's like their defense is decent, their offensive weapons are good enough that if you bring in a quarterback who is like a top level guy, that's a team that can compete. Yeah. all you really need if you have a legitimate quarterback you can almost compete all the time so if you have a competent roster to go along with it then maybe but i haven't heard a ton about the quarterbacks coming out this year i don't know if there's anyone who's like a can't miss i don't really think so so if you're the eagles it's like yeah keep hurts around i would i would i would probably keep hurts this year and see what happens I, unless you can trade for one of those guys that can yeah. come in and make a difference true uh, where do you see Russell Wilson landing? I mean, Hayden kind of went over this last episode, and I kind of want to see where you sat. Well, it's like, who needs a quarterback, right? So the Denver Broncos need a quarterback. I gave three teams. Mm-hmm. The Giants. Yeah. The Steelers. Mm-hmm. And the Broncos. Yeah. Giants, I feel like less. That team, like their O-line's terrible. Like, if I'm Russ, I don't want to go from a team with a bad O-line to a team with a bad O-line. Because it's just like, give me something. The the Steelers' O-line also kind of sucks, but they have such good weapons on that team. Yeah. But like, Friermuth, so Harris, Deontay, and uh, Clay Chase Pool, Chase Claypool. <laughs> like, it's legit. They also will not – I don't think the Packers or the Seahawks trade within the NFC – if they're moving Rodgers or Wilson. So they're probably AFC bound. So yeah. I think the Steelers and the Broncos make sense as the two landing spots. If both guys get moved, those are the two teams I would expect them to get moved to. And so watch much. out for both those. If, yeah. if Denver lands either of those guys, they're the Super Bowl favorite, I think. I mean, their weapons are unbelievable. Sutton, Judy, and uh, Tim Patrick. Is that who yeah, the other guy? Yeah. Yeah, and even KJ Hamler is good too. Yeah, KJ Hamler, you've got Javante uh, Williams, Melvin Gordon, Noah Melvin Fan. Gordon, right? So it's like, and their just defense draft, is competent. You just drafted Pat Sertan, and he looks like he's going to be yeah. a baller. I hate the Denver Broncos. So I don't want them to get uh, Rodgers or Wilson. But if they do, then that's the team automatically that should shoot up to the number one odds. Yeah. The Steelers, if they can address a little bit of their O line problems, Getting either of those guys is awesome. Because like you look at them now and you're like, that's a six, they're a 500 team. And Ben Roethlisberger is one of the worst quarterbacks in the league right now. <laughs> so bad. Terrible. Like there's almost nobody that I think is worse outside of like the obvious terrible, terrible quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you there. My Patriots are sitting at the top of the AFC, not just the AFC East. AFC. The AFC. The ABCs. Who would have thought? I mean, what a snooze fest of a game, first of all. Terrible. The win was just 
howling. I did don't you understand. See the, did you see the metrics of the wind? Sorry no. to cut you off. Uh, it's set, first of all, the temperature at the start of the game. I saw sat at, this is Fahrenheit, by the way. So I don't mm-hmm. really know what it is. Celsius. 36 degrees. Felt like 24. Yeah. So like freezing. And, yeah. Yeah. And the wind was 25 to 35 miles per hour. But the gust was 50 to 55 miles per hour. Yeah, just insane. It's hilarious <laughs> that Mac Jones threw the ball three times. I know. I mean, I, I was texting Kerry after the game, and he said that he was, like, talking to you, that we almost wished that he didn't throw the two other times at the start of the fourth because we wanted to see if he could win with just one throwing one attempt. Throw. I was well, I don't understand upset when I, I saw that. but I didn't watch the whole game. Uh, I was in and out. I was kind of watching the Canucks. I was doing some other stuff. If you're the Buffalo Bills, did they not just stack the box? Like, they did. why would you? They like, did. how? Because when you look at it and you're like, okay, well, if I'm the New England Patriots and you're like, I can line up five offensive linemen. And even if they like, because it's not like they never put wide receivers on the field, you have like, right? So they would have like a one or two wide receiver set plus the running back plus a quarterback who's not blocking. So, like, <laughs> at best, really, on the line you're like we've got five and two tight ends so seven guys and then my running back trying to push through like if you're the defense you're like just play one-on-one matchups with the receivers because who cares because none of the re- the Patriots receivers are that good so you're like just play them one-on-one what do you and mean Nikhil Harry is the best receiver in the league and then everybody else should just be like they're gonna run the ball right after they ran the ball 15 times in a row you're like I think they're gonna run how can you not stop that that's wild to me like hats off to the patriots like who knows what they played the bills what in another two weeks yeah they have the colts and the bills and then the colts and then the bills again right so if that game is played in like normal ish weather it'll be a completely different game i mean foxborough on this time is probably is probably not Probably will will be just as bad. It'll be cold for sure, but it probably won't be windy like that. I hope not. (laughs) Because I want to see more balls thrown and not as much running. Like, Like I understand. Some of those Allen balls I was watching, you're like, yeah. Like, they just, they were just off by like this much because like the wind just made it sail a little bit. Yeah. Who knows? But half off to the Patriots so far. I mean, there's a little part of me that is going. You remember last year? uh, Was it last? Yeah, last year, I think. Um, when everyone was talking like, man, this Patriots defense is like one of the best defenses of all time. And it's because they've had a stretch of games where you played the worst offensive. And then like they averaged out towards the end of the year because they played better teams and those teams scored more points because they aren't. I I was on the train of like, okay, guys, like our defense isn't that good. We're playing like the Dolphins and a lot of these bad teams where we should be putting up monstrous defensive performances so mm-hmm. i was on the train of like all right our defense is good but, but it's not it's not good? it's not like we're going to talk about this defense 10 years from now mm-hmm. it's strength of schedule helps a lot but i really think that this defense is the truth this year i think that they're definitely one of the top defenses i don't think again i don't know how like I don't think they're like a dominant defense of like years past when like you look at teams where it was like our defense like when the Ravens won the Super Bowl and Trent Dilfer sucks 
<laughs> right? <laughs> they're not like that. Like I was looking today because I was like, man, like they're at the top of the AFC. And I was like, so I wanted, I took a look at like their wins, like their record over the last like eight or nine games. And I was like, okay, so you beat the Bills 14-10 in a terrible weather. Like neither of you looked great offensively. You dominated running the ball though, right? So it's like, okay, your defense looked good. But it's like a bit of a wash because you're like the wind was screaming at you in, in the freezing cold. So you're like, okay, who knows? Then it's like, okay, well, last week you held the Titans to 13 points, but they didn't have Julio, they didn't have AJ, and they don't have Derrick Henry. So you're like, that doesn't show you a lot either. You're like, damn it. Okay, well, then it's like the Falcons, you beat 25 nothing. You're like, the Falcons are terrible. Then it's like, well, we beat the then you beat the Browns 45 to 7. And you're like, there you go. Like that's a team where I'm like, yeah, you crushed them. It's like, well, you held the Panthers to six points. You're like, yes. But then it's like, well, has your defense just turned the corner in the second half? Because in the first half of the year, the Texans put up 22, the Cowboys put up 35, the Chargers put up 24. So you're like, okay, those are teams with like better offenses. So that's where I'm like, I really hope that, I mean, you're at the Colts next week and at the Dome, so the weather will be fine. Um, Or not next week, in two weeks. Yeah. So it's, it's like that's, and then you are against the Bills, and then you finish against the Jaguars and the Dolphins. So it's just those two games where I'm like, if the defense looks 80% as good as it's looked in those next two games, then I think the Patriots can move up. Right now, I have the Patriots as pretenders for a Super Bowl win. Like, I don't think, I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl this year. Mac, like, Mac Jones has looked decent, but I don't think your defense is as good as it was when Brady won his first Super Bowl. Defense? So, I don't, so you said defense? Yeah, like I don't think the Patriots okay. defense is as good as when Brady won his first. You know what I mean? Like he's as a young quarterback. And like when you look at like the similarities with like Mac Jones as a young quarterback where he's like, he is playing well enough to win the game. He's not like taking games over and that's not what he's being asked to do. So I mean, it's not like a knock against him. But like currently, when I look at teams that are like legitimate contenders to win, I have five teams. And then I have like four or five that are like the pretender contenders. And then everyone else doesn't matter. And they are relevant <laughs> to the entire league. Yeah, nine teams that matter. No, I can I can agree with that. Like I think the Patriots are just really good at scheming. Yeah. Like playing to so their Bill opponent. Belichick, baby. <laughs> yeah. And what I like about Mac is that I was like criticizing um, McDaniel's like offense because I was tired of like the dink and dunks all the time. And I'm not blaming that on Mac. I'm blaming that on like just setting, getting Mac comfortable. Mm-hmm. But like once Mac started stretching it and like actually kind of throwing balls, it made me so much more excited because he's making some very impressive throws. Like he's throwing he's, some of those on a rope. Yeah, he's like he even just like fades to the corner, like corner routes, post routes, like he's just making some really good balls. But I can agree with you that they're not, they might be sitting at the top of the AFC, but I don't know if a Super Bowl is a realistic thing. But I mean, you've gotten this far. I don't see, I wouldn't count them out against anyone. Yeah. Well, that's the thing about the AFC this year, really, because it's like in the AFC, someone's going to make the Super Bowl. So it's either it's the Chiefs, it's the Bills, the Titans, the Ravens, or the Patriots. 
one of those five teams will make the Super Bowl. I don't think any other teams coming out of the AFC to do it. The Ravens have been hot and cold. The Chiefs, the Mahomes has not looked like himself lately. The Bills are up and down. The Titans, probably not without Henry and without Brown. Like uh, Julio's supposed to come back, but is he going to be healthy enough? Is he enough? So like the Titans are probably out too. So really yeah. it's four teams in the AFC. The Patriots look like they'll be the most consistent team out of those four, but they won't, they can't keep as high this year as those other three teams. If the Bills, the Ravens, or the Chiefs are rolling, I don't, I think they're better teams in a one game scenario. You know what I mean? Yep. But the Patriots are a team that's like, we'll just keep coming. They're like Jaws. It's exactly. just like that shark just keeps coming. So if you screw up and if you have a bad game, Lamar Jackson, you'll lose to the Patriots because the defense is a top 10 defense and we're just going to, they don't care how they win that game. They threw the ball three times today. So it doesn't matter, but I would still put my money on one of those other three teams over the Patriots this season. Fair. You get another receiver and Mac Jones, another season under his belt. I'll change my tune a little bit for this year though. I'm not, I'm not seeing a Super Bowl yet. I, I, can, think, I can respect that. I didn't have the Patriots making the playoffs. No, I didn't so, either. I didn't think Mac Jones, yeah. nobody thought Mac Jones was going to be the best quarterback out of the crop year one. Even yeah. if you thought he was going to be down the line, I don't think anybody saw him as the most ready. I thought Fields was going to be the best quarterback. Well, yeah, he hasn't been given a shot. Same with Lance. <laughs> like, nah, Garoppolo and Dalton. But that'll change next year. Just ask my stupid fantasy teams. Ugh. Really Ugh. thought I had something there. Did not. I think though that the uh, I think the Super Bowl probably goes through the NFC this year. I think it's Bucks or Packers or Rams. They look like the the Bucks, Bucks Packers, and Packers Rams. look like the best two teams I think yeah. in the NFL. I agree. Or it's just the Rams. The, like I never. It's like too hot and you cold. Look, you look the Rams so are good, like the but Bills then, yeah. or the Ravens. We're like sometimes they look awesome, and then sometimes they do not. And then it's the Cardinals is the other team. Yeah. No, I My think dark horse team is the Colts. Yeah, I had them winning their division, which over the Texans and the Jaguars and the Titans. Yeah, mainly over the Titans. Old moves, sir. I mean, mainly. Yeah. Well, like, everyone Colts were the only two teams in that. Yeah, division. well, everyone was like, "Oh, like AJ, Julio, Derrick Henry, Tannehill," and I was like, "Yeah, yeah their offense looks good, but it sucks defense... those guys got hurt." And. Titans would probably it'd probably be their division to lose if they stayed healthy. Had a healthy team, yeah. More more so just Henry because he was well. I mean, like look at it if you flip the script and you're like, if Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman, and I mean Ty was hurt for most of the, a good chunk of the season, so it's like if 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 they didn't have Pittman and Taylor, and the Titans had brown and henry then i'd be like well of course the titans are better than yeah. the colts this year so it's just injuries baby yeah i saw their defense is better but uh that's all i kind of got for nfl got to toot my own horn got to patriots horn that kind of thing on this show you know you know the vibes we do uh wait mm, what do i do first yeah i'll do this i'm already into it uh, time for the press. You know the vibes. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Let's meet the press. I, I haven't uh done time for the press in a few episodes, so we could finally revisit it. And we have two questions. 
One, uh, this one comes from Brock, Brock Smeltzer. He asks, what does the future hold for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Urban Meyer is not going to be the head coach in Jacksonville for a long time. I think he's, I, they'll probably play him out the rest of the year and he'll probably get canned. It's just been a tire fire there. I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is the guy or not, but you drafted him first overall, you're going to give him more than one year. He also has no one to really throw the ball to. Uh, Levis Chenault hasn't been kind of, Urban Meyer hasn't used him at least. Yeah. Uh, you had uh, DJ Shark go down for the year, right? You got Marvin Jones, just no real weapons and a team that everybody knew wasn't close. So hopefully they bring in a little more protection for Lawrence. Hopefully they can add a bit to the defense. Hope, like they just, they're in need of so much stuff that I think Lawrence still has the potential. I, I still think, think one year. I still think Lawrence is the truth. Like, I still think he's going to be a stud. It's They're just, making that he, kid throw the ball a lot. Yeah. So he gets a chance to make a lot of mistakes and to learn a lot this year, hopefully. I think – do I think he's going to be, like, a top five quarterback or a top ten guy? I don't see it yet. But I think he still definitely can be, like, a legitimate quarterback. In the yeah, league. I agree. Jacksonville is just – they just got to fix everything except Lawrence. Lawrence yeah. and Robinson are the only bright spots on that team. And they also had uh, Etienne, right, who got yeah. hurt before I mean, the season even started. And he was like, that was a guy who was going to be your main offensive weapon probably. Yeah. I didn't think that was the right pick. Me neither, but, hey, he's still a talented kid. True. Uh, Hayden asks, who's had the better fantasy year so far between me and you? Me and between you? Jevin and Corey. Uh, technically, you're a win ahead of me. I'll, uh, I won this week. Did you win this week? Uh, no, I lost because I realized that I played Jalen Hurts and Daniel Jones, and they were both hurt. <laughs> uh, then I think we might be tied. I am, however, in my two leagues that are for like like real money. I am currently in first place in both of those leagues. So, I think yeah, I'm in fantasy year. In the dynasty league that I took over mm-hmm. from you. Oh yeah. Um, Nine and four. That's pretty good. Um, I beat Mike Boliak. Mike Boliak sucks. Fuck it, Boliak. His have you seen his team? Should I read off? Should I read off his team? Give me quick hits. I mean, there's not really any quick hits because it's this whole fucking team that is a quote unquote quick hit. So let me start. Um, Matt Stafford, Nick Chubb, Mm -hmm. Dalvin Mm -hmm. Cook, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson. Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, Zach Ertz, DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Matt Prater, Bill's defense, Joe Burrow, Zach Moss, Logan Thomas, Hunter Henry, 49ers defense, KJ Hamler, Trey Sermon, Elijah Moore, and Perrine. Man, guys got great wide receivers. (laughs) Terrible running back depth. Yeah. He has two running backs that are good, and everyone else sucks. You would think he would trade some receivers and, I for mean, a running I, back. I, I didn't mention his starters, but I didn't really think they were relevant. Uh, Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Both suck. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I just didn't mention them because I knew they it, weren't. That's He has, like, five straight-up legit receivers. Why has this <laughs> dumb-dumb made a trade for a running back? That's wild. What are you doing, Mike? Figure it out. He's 11-2. and two. Of course, no. Of course, he's winning a lot. But it's like if yeah. one of those running backs, like Cook, gets hurt, well, who's he? Like 
he's forced to start Freeman yeah. and Coleman when you have such like receivers on your bench that you will like you'll never be able to play all those guys. Yeah. What are you doing? What a waste. It's crazy. Uh, but his team's unbelievable. Yeah. I I somehow beat him though. Good. Yeah, his team put up a horrible performance. I scored 94 points. This is non PPR mm-hmm. though, standard scoring. Yeah. And he put up like 86. Yeah. Like he should have had better running backs. Yeah. And I was like, well, he had Chubb and Cook playing that week. And Ooh, even better. Yeah. And I still beat him somehow. But it was unbelievable. That's all the questions we have. But a weekly segment we're starting to do, Corey, on this day in uh-huh. sports history, I'm going to rattle off three things that happened on the day we are recording, December 6th, okay. 1970. The Cavs won their first NBA home game, the Cleveland Cavaliers, in 1970 on December 6th. <clears throat> and then LeBron their... James came, and they couldn't build a team around him, so he took his talents to South Beach, <laughs> yeah. won a couple rings, came back home, ultimate Cinderella story, wins one, one for them, the only moment that franchise will ever be relevant. Yeah. See you later, Cleveland Cavaliers. Pretty much. Uh, 1988, the Milwaukee Bucks won their 1,000th NBA game. And then they finally got the Greek freak and he brings them a title. That guy is like my favorite athlete in sports right now. He's such a sweet man and he's so good and a great nickname. The Greek freak. So much easier to say than Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. There's a, there's a TikTok account where he goes around and asks famous people like, like celebrities and stuff. like, Hey, like, what do you do? Like, what Mm -hmm. have you done? Oh, how you get all this cash? Yeah. Pretty much like, Hey, like, what do you do? And Mm -hmm. uh, he went up to Giannis. He's in like this Rolls Royce with his chauffeur. He's like, hey, man, can I just ask what you do? He's like, uh, crypto. <laughs> Doesn't even say he's like an NBA star. It's like, he's like, uh, crypto. NFTs. Yeah. <laughs> I hope not. If he is oh. into that, then I don't like him as much. So funny. And then after the finals game, after he won, he went to Chick-fil-A and got 50. Yeah. Guy's legit. Yeah. He's My amazing. Hero. He's for the people. All and, the way. Uh, the last one here for uh, on this day in sports history for December 6th. 1990, the NHL granted conditional membership to Tampa Bay Lightning. And look how far they've come. They're now the model franchise for circumventing the cap. Exactly. Good job. Are you hurt a little bit? You know, my foot's a little sore. You know, come back to the playoffs. You know what? I think you need surgery. I think you'll be just healthy enough to come back for game one. Yeah, exactly. We'll somehow time it out perfectly where you're yeah. practicing a few weeks before the season yeah. ends and then oh, a conditioning stint it's like oh shit stamkos is down now we'll bring you back in oh wait stamkos is fine kutrov you re-aggravated your injury throw you back on ltir yeah, right it's well, like <laughs> good for them though i want their agm there's there's a guy the colorado guy mcfarland or the tampa tampa bay guy darsh yeah give me one of those guys give me one of those guys please yeah. they're doing it right Fun guy they're doing it right. Need the chance. Let him be a GM. Exactly. But Corey, this is this is fun. This, this is fun. A, this is a long episode. one. Yeah, just around an hour and a half. Woo. Yeah, baby. She's a good one. Where can the people? Uh, where can the people find you? People can find me uh, if they just look for me, just on the streets. You know, just start yelling out Corey, Corey Latondra. And if if a guy turns around, it's me or someone who has my name. And if they do find the tracking down i would love to meet someone with my alias they can also find me on twitter at uh latondra underscore so that's fun l-e-t-e-n-d-r-e 
underscore. Uh, that's pretty much where you'll find me. You can find me other places. I mean, and, you can also listen to CKNW 980 AM, folks, where I will be producing a myriad of shows. Uh, so if you like news talk radio, tune on in. That's what I love to hear. Oh, yeah. Here you can also, sorry, find me at the Snacktastic yeah. uh, pod. I have totally, I'm losing my mind here. I'm telling you. Do you, like, do you like snacks? Do you like food? Do yes. you like listening to two dummies talk about snacks and uh, yuck it up a little bit? Then, hey, try and give the Snacktastic Voyage a listen. We, uh, we keep it short. We keep it sweet. And uh, if you've got 20 to 35 minutes to kill one day and you want to find out, spoiler alert, this week's episode is all about cereal. I mean, not when this comes out. So last week's will probably have been about cereal. And this week's will probably be about Christmas treats. We're doing like a build your own style of a Christmas stocking. So what the snacks Ooh. are that you would find in a Christmas stocking, you have to build what you think your best one would be. It's gotcha. excellent. You can find us at Snacktastic Pod on the Instagram and on Twitter. Snacktastic Voyage, folks. Give it a listen. What what was the best thing that you gotten in a stocking? Or uh, we'll keep it snack wise. What's what's a solid? I like, always like the uh, the mini stuff. the small Toblerones. Ooh. Like the little mini Toblerone stick that was always a favorite for me. I also have always appreciated the mandarin orange and the toe. That's exactly what I was saying. The mandarin orange and the toe is a, a staple. You gotta have staple. It. Yeah, of course. I uh, big caramel guy. Big caramel guy, Reese's, Reese's peanut butter cups guy. Mm-hmm. Solid. That's what I always find of mine. Yeah, they're always, they're good little mini ones. Exactly. Mm. People, you can follow me on Instagram at Jevin.Lefave, on Twitter at JevinLefave. Find everything for the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at LeftSideHeavy underscore. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, Left Side Heavy. Ring the bell, comment, like, do all that sorts of fun stuff so you never miss an upload find clips and full episode podcast there Corey is amazing seeing your beautiful face once again and for you listeners you absolute registered beauties we will see you next time peace